0: New year, new hue, here on Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent, but really it's the same old podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and in honor of Wednesday's recent improved form, I am drinking an improved whiskey cocktail, a la Jerry Thomas, which is basically just an old-fashioned riff with maraschino and absinthe. I didn't have any absinthe, so I used Herb Saint instead. It's basically the same thing, minus the hallucinatory properties, which are wildly overblown. But you're not hallucinating, listeners. We do have an actual Brit on this week's show, and it's Paddy Jones back from his sojourn home. Paddy, what are you drinking?
1: Hey, Jeff. Um, I am drinking a uh, Sailor Jays Rum and Diet Coke to keep me awake because I am currently on uh, UK time, which means it is 2.30 in the morning in my head.
0: At a lovely late evening time in his head is our Cascadia Owl, Mike Laroon. Mike, what are you drinking? Hey,
2: Happy New Year. I am uh, enjoying a hard cider from Schilling Hard Cider up in Auburn, Washington. And it's a play on words. This is their Chider, which is um, sounds awful, and it's actually quite good.
0: The Chai Spice Cider, I assume?
2: Yeah, that's what it is.
0: Yeah. It is a Happy New Year and a Happy New Wednesday unbeaten in four under caretaker manager lee feels like that fans forum was about six months ago instead of two weeks ago we will review the games of the last week over the holiday period west Bromwich albion and birmingham city we'll cover a fair bit of wednesday news including a new manager which i'm sure will come to the surprise of you all listening at home we also have an fa cup preview as luton town comes to town uh, there may actually even be some meetups for that game or maybe not, because it is a 7.30 kickoff on ESPN+, so you can just watch it with commentary in your uh, beady pajamas if you've got such a thing for your Christmas present. We will start with West Brom. Some changes to the lineup after two straight wins. Cameron Dawson in at goalkeeper and Hugh in for Fletcher. Um, as it turned out, West would have just picked up a little bit of a knock, and Fletcher, given that there were four games in twelve days, and he's still working himself back to full fitness. Conspiracy theorists were thwarted. Also, new Hugo haters were thwarted, Paddy, because he made an immediate impact.
1: Yeah, talking about the right place, right time, wasn't it? It was a bit of a, a hoof uh, up to the back post, knocked down. I think, I think it was. Um... Fox, was it that knocked it down uh, from Boyd's um, scuffed header? He seems to be lurking on that back post quite a lot, of Fox. Like this. I think it was Fox. Uh, and then had to just blast it from a yard out. So uh, bish, bosh, bash, off we go. Uh, good start. And it's rare that we say that recently, a yeah, good start.
0: And a good start at the back as well. I thought Wednesday defended very well. Um, and Mike, it might have something to do with the same back four starting for three games in a row.
2: It's amazing when things like that happen. Uh, like we've been preaching all year, the biggest thing wrong with uh, Sheffield Wednesday was lack of consistency. And actually, you know, just a lot of the people whose names we haven't been talking about all year, or at least not in good ways, um, just reappeared. I think Tom Lee's was was fantastic, and I think that the way he paired up with uh, Michael Hector was just stellar. And I think that there's just a whole whole lots to be excited about in the back line.
1: just seem much more confident, don't they? I mean, for the last few games under Yoss's tenure, it was just shaky as hell. And no one seemed to know where they should be or what they should be doing. There was no confidence inside. Morgan Fox looked like a shelver man. And it's just amazing what's happened in the past two weeks to Morgan Fox, particularly. I mean, every single one of that defence has played 10 times better. But Morgan Fox is a different guy. I don't know what Bullen said to him or whether it was just Yoss that he didn't like. He's just he's is is uh he's disciplined, he stays in the right place, he's not making as many errors. Still a couple heavy now and again, but not as many. Uh he's getting up and down the flanks quite well too. Putting he still can't balls. shoot at all. <laughs> he still can't shoot at all. He's
2: not supposed to. His his high true, yeah. real West Brom was, was
1: stellar of just
2: being a position player, doing the little things right. Again, we used to come on this podcast and dread who are we gonna rip on and who was slacking. We don't have that anymore. You know, it used to be man of the match by elimination and now it's everyone was doing great jobs
1: was it this game that it took a chance from 30 yards out of fox is that your reference in there jeff was it the birmingham game we did that
0: i think it was the birmingham game
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing that just shows you didn't it. that in itself fox is taking pot shots from 30 yards out that's how much difference has happened since uh I mean, he left. had
0: to because he was ahead of like every other
1: forward player which also <laughs> i think tells you something <laughs> They'll be like Rose Zed, but still, I laughed my head off when that when that happened. I mean, and also just back to the West Brom game, he popped up again in the in the back post. He must have done that about four or five times now. I mean, he, he never he... actually finishes from there. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that he's getting in those positions is so strange. That doesn't happen usually. So uh, I think he's, only, he's I think he's getting closer and closer to um, to getting that goal. Um, I think he actually got pretty close. He was unlucky in the West Brom game. It was a good save by the keeper, uh, but he just keeps popping up there all the time. So it's clearly a tactic they're trying to exploit. So uh, hopefully... uh, No one marking Morgan Fox because it's Morgan Fox.
0: (laughs) (sighs) I mean, I could put together a montage of the last 52 episodes of this show of just us slagging off Morgan Fox every week. (laughs) But I do remember, I feel like when he first came to Wednesday, he was like, he looked the part of an average championship left back. And I think he looks like that again.
1: He's got his groove back. Yeah, I think so. And it, and I'll always all my hands up and I'll slate players that are the best players in the team if they had a bad performance and I'll praise players when they have a good performance. And I think Fox, over the last four games, has been one of our best players. He's I think He's been disciplined, he's going down the wings um, and he's consistent, um, which is just unlike him. It is amazing, the difference. I, I will happily um, keep off his back for the rest of the season if he keeps up playing like this. Mike, I don't think it
0: hurts either when you have a fit Sam Hutchinson shielding the back four.
2: No, the the Sam Hutchinson. I think that to me has, and I, I hate to. We don't. You know, we got to turn the corner and look away from Yoss, but having Hutch and um, Westwood back there, it just seems like it's just something stable down there. Seeing him get after balls, he. We'll talk about the Birmingham game. I have that. the the gif of that tackle just in a loop on my computer i love it and yeah it's just so it it is night and day um it's fantastic i used to dread when wednesday was up one nothing and now it's like okay this is good let's see what happens
0: of course we say this in a week when they conceded goals from one nothing in both games but (laughs) that's
2: well you know what that's fine they they were were acceptable and let's let's not let's not knock who they were playing. This is good competition. they're Playing. No,
0: it is. It was. It was a tough. At week the beginning of, of December,
2: I looked at beginning of December, I looked at this schedule, and I was like, "Yeesh, this this could
0: be bad." And everything came up Wednesday, even through the second half. and incredibly great save by Dawson uh, on a like a looping header that I thought for all the world was going in. And for the second straight game, Wednesday go up a man. After a, a, another red card, Patty, did you see what happened? Because I certainly did not.
1: Um, it was very innocuous. Uh, Matthias makes the most of it as usual. Is um, off the ball. Rodriguez just seemed to um, run out? into. Yeah. I, I a Very, very slight kick out. Um, he was very unlucky, I think, to even be caught uh, if it was intentional. Um, but he does that all the time. It is. He's a bit of a red card magnet, isn't he? And, uh He draws these fouls, he gets free kicks, and he's uh, got two men sent off in the past week. So, fair, well, not fair play, cheating, I suppose, (laughs) isn't (laughs) it?
0: Well, I mean, you can say it's cheating, but uh, the ref went right over and consulted with the line judge, and the red card came out, so obviously he saw something.
1: Yeah. I I mean, Matthias gets straight up off that foul, then nothing's ever said of it. The fact that he rolls around the floor for 10 minutes makes it a
0: red card. Which is fine. Although Wednesday spent the next half hour not exactly playing like they were up a man, Mike.
2: No, it uh it turned out to be a lot more intense than it needed to be. And um it's one of those things I don't necessarily keep an eye on possession on my computer uh during the game, but it just seemed like the ball was at the wrong end of the field for for most of the time. Um I mean there were a few a few spots that were good, but um even then I think um I think Matthias and Fox both had, you know. Decent shots that were put away by their, their goalkeeper. But all in all, yeah, it seemed like a, like the West Brom stepped up a lot more than uh,
0: needed to be. And, of course, at the death, we can't have nice things or three on the bounce, Patty, is. shock of shocks, Chris Brunt pops up with a 90—I don't even know what the point is— a 98th-minute equalizer. It was supposed to be six minutes. It was like
1: 10. <laughs> <laughs> it out, I don't even think Brunt think saw the paper. ball— <laughs> Um, yeah, it was a weird one because I think uh, David Jones is at the back post and he just kind of like uh, pokes his foot through Jones's leg and he just goes into the bottom corner. Uh, first of all, I'm all for his renaissance of um, bringing these old players back, but I think David Jones is taking it a bit too far. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Wynne, obviously, made appearance too. Great to see him back on the pitch. That was a bit of a surprise, him being on the bench in the first place. Uh, clearly, he needs, still needs to get up to speed and stuff and he looked a little bit lost at times. But um, it was just great to see him back on the field. Uh but yeah, very good. In. Um of course it had to be Brunt. And why is he not taking the corners? Why is he in the back post for finishing it? I thought <laughs> he's the corner taker. Um but yeah, uh, overall, I, I was watching this at home with my dad and I was like, it people saying it feels like a loss. I don't think it does because just a week ago we were losing miserably. This was a a win, hands down, and we should have put it um we should have put it out of, uh, out of reach from uh, West Brom when Bannon went two on two, and then decided to just whack it over into the god knows where at rose Ed again. Uh, we should have put this to bed a long time ago, but that's what happens when you're not uh, clinical in front of goal. I suppose uh, overall one all in front, uh, with West Brom, who are third in the league. They didn't look like they were third in the league. They looked very average to me, um, but I think that's a, a great result one all, uh, and it should have been a win. So heads still held high.
0: I mean, it's almost like it's a win that it feels like a loss, given where we were a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> if you can parse that. But instead, we'll move on to the Birmingham game and an absolutely glorious game for the neutral.
1: It was jam packed, wasn't it? I don't think we've got enough time to cover this uh, game. It's just. Uh, I actually wrote about a page of notes for this, then I tried to condense it into. I think my my uh, condense was Lee Camp makes seven ridiculous saves in one half. <laughs> and how do we win that? Because it was just ridiculous. A bit like let's talk about the first game first as well. Westwood came back. All the rumors dispelled. Um, back in that teal uh, kit that is not very flattering on him. Is it flattering on anybody? I think Cameron you Dawson's your hair. Yeah,
0: because so Dawson's, <laughs> Dawson's like lighter, you know, fair skin, hair. It's not as bad. I think.
2: On the topic of teal, can we, can we discuss the, the – uh, before we get into the game, the eye the follow experience for the first few minutes? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> was that teal or was it bright blue?
2: Well, it's weird because I logged in early, um, again, before 7 o'clock in the morning out here, and I thought I had the wrong feed because the seats looked like they were orange and then the, uh, the message boards on the side looked like they were red. And I was like, "Oh, I must have the wrong feed. They must have messed something up." And then I read the feed, and it said, "Owls in Luton Town. Get your tickets now." And I was like, "Well, okay." Uh, and then I didn't think much of it. And then the players came out, and people—they so started showing people, and the it's people the were literally blue. <laughs> yeah, the Blue Man Group was making their appearance. It actually looked like vintage, like if you were to take like you know a black and white newspaper and then color uniforms on people. And I thought, "Oh, this is odd." You know, I see these uh, sharp. Like, what was the Birmingham uniforms? So it looked like they were bright blue Like it neon blue And then they panned over to the Wednesday team And they were, it wasn't even close It was red and white stripes
0: And yeah, it was, like, it was huh Absolutely should be getting a <laughs> refund from iFollow for that Tell me to see that wow.
1: My and eyes stopped bleeding
0: I will say I missed it because I rolled out of bed at Like five minutes into the match And it put wasn't it up even on my like phone.
2: It wasn't even like a shade of maroon It was red and white stripes I was like, that looks so intentional Um just bizarre. And then by the time people started complaining on Twitter
1: it was it was fixed. But yeah. Good Very experience. Weird. Very yeah. weird. I don't want everyone sees a red and white stripes ever again.
0: <laughs> no. We did get another fast start from Wednesday it took a little while to get the first goal. And we haven't talked about him too much this week so far, but I think over the last four games, like we already knew he was an imperious force for the defense, but Michael Hector has been
1: incredibly good, Patty. Just, uh, yeah, I mean, he was good under Yoss. so I'm not going to say it's night and day, but he has improved upon those performances uh, during Yoss's era too. Uh, him and Lees now seem to have got that centre-half pairing locked down, and uh, he's making Lees look good as well, um, thankfully. So, for me, it's not just about what he does in defence, it's what he's doing for us going forward too. So, he can distribute the ball. He's got a Hollywood better. ball in him. He's got he's got a bannon Hollywood ball on him, and he he's been told to do it. It was it always baffled me under Yoss how it was Lees that was made to go forward and do those like club foot passes that went to the opposition when Hector's got a great uh, ball on him, and Hector's usually the one staying back. So seemed to switch that around now. Hector's the one marauding forward, doing either simple passes or doing a Hollywood ball, but also getting into the mix of things in the box. And early on he did that too, and he just kind of like he was just unlucky kind of fell on his knee or his lap and he just kind of dribbled wide did a couple times early on it was just good to see him in the box causing problems uh, I think he could be a goal scorer as well this season for us I got some uh some flack in the whatsapp
0: group for comparing him to to Nigel Pearson but I feel he's got that kind of like he's not the same header of the ball obviously but he's got that kind of like imperiousness he's like big but also athletic and tough to deal with he just needs shorter shorts really at this point <laughs> <laughs> With the full Nigel Pearson experience. Pearson a bit yeah, thicker. Yeah. He was a bit of a muscly guy. I mean, for I me, he's bit... got to be. I like. I don't know what the FFP situation is, but I do know how Steve Bruce likes to play, and I feel like Michael Hector is a very good fit for him, and he's got to be the. I feel like a top priority in the January window.
1: Yeah, how much is he worth? Though that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like not he's getting he's a increased... game at
0: Chelsea. He's had so many loans in his career. You'd think he'd want to settle down.
1: I think he definitely would want sent all down. It's just that whether Chelsea would accept what we can offer them, which is basically pennies, I assume. Yeah.
0: I don't know what his contract situation is offhand. Um, I'd have to talk to the one Chelsea fan I actually know to try to figure that out. I don't make a habit of, you know, conversing with them when I can avoid it. <laughs> but. Wednesday do get a breakthrough early on, and what a finish, Mike! Yeah, you know it's one of those things
2: where you. It's unfortunate that you know I, I, I love I follow for what it is, but it's one of those things where it's unfortunate you don't have the different angles and you don't have the replay. So I had to go back and look at it again today on YouTube a few times. It was that was a good, a, an amazing spin and by three Fletcher. Three defenders um, on him,
0: yeah,
2: and <laughs> he just it, yeah, and it, it just went so fast. And then yet I went back and looked at it. And it was just a, a really. Amazing spin and enough velocity to get into the corner. It was just awesome.
0: It's almost one of those kind of goals where you're like, did he
1: actually mean to do that, Patty?" He's <laughs> I mean, fully deserved too. isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. definitely meant it. I mean, this guy has um, been one of the better players of the last four games, too. I mean, everyone's, as we've said already, everyone's improved their game, but Fletcher has worked his ass off the past few games, and he's, he's not always um, uh, put them away but he's been in the right spots. His build-up play and his hold-up play, I watched it uh, first-hand at the Preston game when I was back at home. Um, it's just it's just so intelligent. It's been said over and over again, but it's showing now. He's I think he's only 31. Um, it looks about 40, but he's 31. <laughs> uh, and it, But his experience is almost like double that. It just feels like he knows the game. He knows where people are. He knows where the runs are going to be. He knows how to hold it up. Is uh, a great head with the ball, a good finisher, and for us, I think he's going to be a great asset for the rest of the season for us, if keep him fit.
0: And Wednesday, we're probably unlucky not to make it 2-0 about a half dozen times before the uh, first half ended, Mike.
2: Yeah, you know, there was a couple plays, I remember there was one specifically where the announcer said, that uh, Mateus was offside, and he was just clearly out in the open. So the line, the it was down. But, I mean, just the, the opportunities that they're they're making. And, again, it, they didn't score, but there's just so much to be optimistic about where you see how much they're spreading out in the offense. Um, not They're not quite pure counterattacks, but just the way they're getting up there, it's just, it's very exciting. It's finally exciting.
1: It just didn't happen, did it, under Yoss? We so, spoke about Reach, I think, um, last week or the week before, about the runs he was making um, and Bannon picking him out. And now Matias is doing the same things, too. Those runs from deep. Bannon picks him out. Um, and Matthias is working his socks off too. Uh, it was him that um, crossed it in for Fletcher who uh, headed it and then it was cleared off the line. He had a good, gr- I think he had his best game, I think, for me, Matthias, against Birmingham. He was everywhere. Uh, he he wins the ball back. He passes it. He, he can <laughs> win <laughs> free kicks quite regularly. I do have, a, I do have, he's a little frustrating with the the portuguese in him, let's say, uh, the way he dives so much. Um, but you can't fault his work ethic at the moment. He's all over the place, uh, and he's making some very good runs. Uh, and I think as long as we keep spotting him with, uh, with Bannon and Reach, uh, he's going to score a few more goals for us this season.
0: Was it the West Brom game where the uh, ESPN commentator took a shot at his teeth? <laughs> <laughs> really? That was. That. Uh, or was that the? Like, uh, was Middles- no, it was, it was Middlesboro last week? They've had a lot of ESPN Plus <sighs> games. Great teeth, yeah, like blindingly white. He said or something. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it's good that they keep up with no, the I, I, I put the
2: hashtag Great Teeth and it didn't didn't
0: catch yeah. on. So next time, people. But of course, it's not that much of a new Wednesday because they still have a defensive lap in them, Patty, and of course has to come at the hands of Che Adams.
1: Yeah, um, what is it? it's like as soon as we like restart, so whether it's after a goal we've scored or the second half kicks off, we just seem to still have that knack of losing focus. Um, that's all it was this time around. Uh, Chatham sneaks in, I think, uh, behind Hector, who just seemed like, who who made him look slow, really. Um, and it was a nice finish. It was a bit of a kind of route one, really. It was basically, they only had two chances. Uh, there was that one and Jutkovic went close from the free kick in the first half. That was basically all they showed for most of the game. Uh, and it was just the difference of being clinical and not being clinical. Um, the difference, I think, uh, between uh, this lapse and the many others we've had this season is that we just kicked on after it. We just, we forgot it. It wasn't affecting us after that. And we put in one heck of a performance uh, to make up for that after that goal went in. And how we didn't win that game, I have no idea. Because
0: it wasn't as good a performance as Lee Camp, somehow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, was, it felt like one of those games where there was plexiglass, plexiglass in front of their, their goal, because there were so many things. I just remember, um, I think it was, uh, I say Bannon got a steal. Uh, who was it? But anyway, the Adam Reach miss was just, that, that should have just been right in there. And then even that camp had a rebound to Fletcher that he missed. And it was just, just unbelievable just that they didn't so get one
1: There's Just so many. I don't know if anyone's uh, watched that um, uh, Sunderland Till I Die on Netflix. Have you start watching that? It's a really yeah, good yeah. – um, I, 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 Like,
0: I want to watch it, but also yeah. Sunderland.
1: <laughs> it's Sunderland. <just> like... <laughs> it's really good. And anyway, they have Lee Campin uh, as, as their yeah, yeah, goalkeeper. Yeah. As they as they're going down, and he's fucking hopeless. I mean, the whole goalkeeping staff's hopeless for that league uh, in that um, that year for Sunderland. I, I I just been watching that fresh in my mind, having camp like concede goal after goal after goal uh, for Sunderland, and then him playing in real life against us and having the the game of his life, just kind of sums up my week really. Because I've been watching so much of the Sunderland documentary that I was like, oh yeah, that league camp, that league camp was crap about last year. And now he's amazing. He made about seven saves in that one half. Uh, and I think the best one, and this is obviously up for debate because there's quite a few, but the best one was when there was that mad scramble. And it's Matthias, I think, that gets the shot away in the end for about yeah. five yards out. And he's going in the top corner. And there's about five people between him and the, the keeper. And he somehow managed to claw it out of the top corner and get it away from the goal. It, it's just, honestly, I have no idea how, how he did it.
0: Once they have a chance of her smash and grab at the end New heel gets denied after a nice bit of uh, Control and hold up And then I really, for the life of me, Mike, thought Adam Reach was putting that in the bottom corner That was as, that as would was have Evan been... based on the photo he posted on Twitter <laughs> that, that would have been the exclamation point of
2: the game Of the year, of the Bullen era But that yeah, just wasn't meant to be
0: It's another one that kind of feels like a loss in a way. They clearly outplayed Birmingham and just, you know, this is this is soccer. This is what happens sometimes. You can put on a show like they did and get a little unlucky. A goalkeeper stands on his head, not quite as clinical as you need to be in front of goal and another one one draw.
2: But again, this is again it was a quality game against good competition, so I can't complain too much. And maybe I'm just being too much in the hindsight of the last four games have just been really
0: so my, my, my counter-argument to that is, and I'm not particularly complaining about and yeah. beaten, is this looks to me, and I've watched a lot of Wednesday football over the last two years, <laughs> most of it incredibly bad. But this to me looks like the top 16s of the two seasons previous. So they should be getting better results again. They, they're better than Birmingham. They look better than West Brom for large swaths of that game.
2: Twice Take. this year, they've looked better than West Brom.
1: Yes. <laughs> and two points to better than as well. We, <laughs> yeah. we look better than Borough too. So these are three promotion-chasing teams, uh, and on our day, we two can of match them, on them the road. and better them. Yeah. And that's, you, you're completely right to be frustrated because we have lost a year uh, to Yoss's dreadful tactics and, um, and stubborn team selection. Uh, and it's really frustrating because we're – N- squad wise, not that much worse off than Birmingham, and uh, I would say to some extent West Brom and Borough too. So
2: wait, hold on. Is Jeff is your frustration that we've lost a year, or is your frustration that we scored four goals in these last four games?
0: I mean, I don't mind the look. I'm I'm fine winning one nil every week. I yeah. just think uh, I feel like they. I mean, they've dropped points from winning positions the last two games. Is basically what it comes down to in uh, yep. you know, the West Brom game particularly like like Birmingham okay you get unlucky the West Brom game I thought they were a little bit tactically naive once they went up they were too happy or once they went up a man they were too happy to sit back and sort of invite West Brom who has a fair amount of attacking talent um to just come at them as much as they did and they weren't even really trying to hit them on the break they were just gonna kind of trying to like defend for 20 minutes like they were holding a Want to lead on the road against a team at full strength like that's where you really got I wish they had sort of imposed himself a little bit more much like they did against Birmingham in the second half sort of like the way they responded to that goal
1: No, you're right. I think that's um, if we're being hypercritical um, That's where Lee Bullen isn't a full-time manager. Yeah, I think Bullen can can uh, G the team up He can get everyone working to the same uh, him she um, And he's a good uh, man-to-man manager uh, tactically that's why he's not going to be a full-time manager. Uh, the Birmingham game, um, if you got Sam Wynall on the bench um, and he's fit enough to be on the bench, why would you leave it till the 88th minute when we're gagging for another goal? Uh, he left it till the 88th minute to bring niu you and Wynall on. And niu You almost had another immediate impact. That, for me, he was begging for a change about the 68th minute, 67th minute. Yeah, um, it seems like he couldn't really decide if he
0: wanted to go for it like, full four and risk letting in a second goal. Like, he just seems to be sort like, in-between tactics
1: there. Yeah. And, I mean, in terms of some respects, he's probably thinking, actually, this is working. He's just, we've been lucky at the moment, Cam's making yeah. some is ridiculous is saves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I understand this point of view, but I just thought someone has, that's got the clinical prowess of, of all on the bench, uh, unless he didn't think he was fit enough, and that's in that case, then why is he on the bench in the first place? I think uh, they're just,
0: at this point, between... Uh, just a spate of injuries, you know. Most recently, of course, Jao. They're just short on attacking talent in general.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's like I, it's I, like I literally
0: like... it's like Winnell or it's like
1: Fraser Preston. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he could have made a change much sooner in that game, um, regardless of who he was on it. Just, I just feel like those that game was there to be won. Uh, Birmingham were uh, all over the place in the end in defence, and it was only the goalkeeper that saved the day for them. But that's been hypercritical overall. It is,
0: yeah. I mean you can't like if you had told me they'd get eight from these four games going into the holiday period, I would have signed up for it. In blood, no questions asked. (laughs) Take a break now. We come back, we'll hit the cavalcade of Wednesday news from a Wednesday player on the lamb to a manager, a new manager, also possibly on the lamb or at least on the beach somewhere. And the January transfer window. Now it's time for this week's edition of Wednesday News. and we'll start in uh, in criminal court where Fernando <laughs> Forestieri did not show up for his court session.
1: I mean, waking up to that news—it was, is, it was that amazing. News. Yeah, it's
0: just like just you know, get a, just, was it Mansfield? Yeah, Mansfield. Mansfield on, Take the ride on your bike out to Mansfield and <laughs> show up for court.
1: But apparently, he wasn't it wasn't aware of it. So I mean, but just see that that headline: yes. uh, arrest warrant issued for <laughs> Forestier. Yeah, you like, right. oh my god, what has he done? <laughs> And to figure out it was just that, I thought, like, oh, okay, that's not too bad. But, I mean, how stupid must she be to miss a card date? But then the club kind of backed him up a bit saying they went to where we are. Well, the after. club
2: said they didn't, and his agent said they didn't. And then, you know, it comes up to the question of, like, you know, he assumed he, you know, did his time through the F.A., uh, you know, for, for that infraction, but didn't realize there was actually a different um, jurisdiction overseeing it's this. It's a
0: no-deal Brexit affecting postal services in the – There uh, you go. <laughs>
1: Did he not get served properly? Maybe not. No. Uh, but uh, the good thing is that they seem to take it. I mean, despite issuing that big PR statement saying arrest warrant ordered for Forestieri, it does not uh, seem to affected hours. his life in any way. <laughs> uh, within 24 yeah. That within twenty four hours they've appealed that and gone. Actually, no, it's okay. Probably our fault.
2: Well, my my fear was that we were going to try to move him in the window and then people were going to google his name and that was still going to be the number one headline that pops up <laughs> on warrant. the road oh when, when, oh, when is this wrong? oh december of 18 <laughs> uh,
0: speaking of december it's december player of the month voting will open soon i guess the real question is did hutch actually play enough to get it <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's the thing it's like a, it's like a month of two halves right so you've got yeah. those four games at the end of the month where everyone played well and then previous to that it was just a pile of shit. So I was trying to rack my brains about... It. Just for Michael Hector again? <laughs> yeah. So that's what I've boiled it down to, is that Hector was the only one that playing well before that. And actually Tom Lee's too. Tom Lee's and Hector both have had a decent month. So I'll probably plump for Hector overall.
2: I'll take Lee's to be different, but yeah. If he could do a co, um, I think the Lee's and Hector tandem is uh, pretty exciting right now.
0: Also pretty exciting is... A new manager coming to Wednesday in, oh, about a month or now. Uh, Steve Bruce, <laughs> the surprise of no one, has officially been announced as the next Wednesday manager. But not until February 1st, Patty. Nothing, yeah, hap- way, one nothing happens in January, so it's fine. <laughs> no important I'm assuming... soccer
1: things. <laughs> I'm assuming, right? I mean, people were well, a little bit panicked about this, right? You like, can just text from oh, Mallorca or wherever he is. Like Clearly, is going to have a, a list of targets that Agnew and Clemens, they're in the team right They're in the um, uh, the dressing room right now. They're the ones working with, um, I assume, Chan Siri or Katerian on trying to get his deals over the line. But he's not just going to be on a beach somewhere like <laughs> with his uh, nice shorts on. Uh, he's, he's going to be working from home, I assume, and sending them updates and t- targets and talking to people still. But maybe just not on the actual training ground. I don't think they need to panic. I think you'll still be involved in the signings. Um, I don't think it's, it's it's kind of wild, wild west. It is very weird. I'll, I'll admit to that. That he's not going to start for another month. But I mean, at the end of the day, I'm really hoping that within this spare time, his personal commitments that he's mentioned, is basically a new book that he's going to write for us.
0: <laughs> <sighs> and as it is January, the transfer window is open. Already a big transfer that we'll cover in dispatches. But rumor has it that Wednesday have uh, given Bruce to go ahead to bring in three players. How exactly is that going to work with financial fair play, Mike?
2: Yeah, uh, unfortunately, none of us are the experts on FFP. And when I heard that news here, (laughs) yeah, when I heard that news, I thought something may have been lost in translation, um, where maybe we were losing three players. But. yeah, I am not sure where, where they're coming up with these three players. Um, you know, the the number that he uh, that Chan cited at the fan forum was what he said, eight figures were in trouble. Um I think
0: the various FFP podcasts be, we've done have pinged it somewhere around 15, 18 million.
2: Yeah. So um, I don't really see where they're gonna do this. And I hate to think we're all in for promotion this year, but um, yeah, let's I, I don't know where these three players could be.
0: I'd feel better about being you... all-in from promotion if they
1: hadn't dropped four points from winning positions <laughs> this week. There you go. Yep. Who would you want them to be? So let's talk about that, right? If, you, if we are getting three players through uh, the door, who do you think are our top priorities?
0: I think they need a either a attacking midfielder or striker. Uh, maybe like a number 10 to play off Fletcher. Cause I don't think you can count on Forestieri's health going forward. <sighs> two fullbacks past that i know we've heaped some praise on the on the back four but i think if you're serious about promotion you need to improve at left back and right back
2: yeah this question would have been easier again four games ago this question would have been much more fun to, to discuss but now it's like uh again i think forest area is kind of that big question mark Is you know do we need a true striker up there um and is there one that is available to us, you know, for who knows how much we can afford right now.
0: Yeah, and, like, the the cost in January for, like, a proven championship striker always gets kind of ludicrous, as we saw with Gary Medine last year. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're almost better off shipping out, like, you know, Zhao, if he was healthy or something like that, um, could make a huge jump. You could get, you know, entirely possible some team—I'm not suggesting this would actually happen, but you could see some team paying eight figures for Zhao. That yeah, a, like it's it's not like it's impossible. Sure, based on contract. like so the striker
1: prices have been over the last year. And he signed a new contract, didn't he? Yesterday, yeah. is uh, till twenty twenty one. So clearly, they're either hoping to cash him in eventually or see him as a, a future hope. For me, I think um we need to get two new fillbacks in. Um, as good as Fox and well, I'll stretch to Palmer. As good as Fox and Palmer have, have kind of in the past few a few days, we're not going to go anywhere with them uh, long term. So get a decent left back and right back in uh, I would go for a winger actually rather than attacking midfielder I think we need to uh, Bruce likes to play pacey wingers I think you'll try and get one of those uh, over the line we have zero the of those
0: so.
1: yeah and I don't think again Matthias and Boyd might be playing out the skins uh, last couple of games but again long term they're not good enough so I'd like to get a, a quality winger into that can put a cross in the box
0: well Based on the early links in the transfer window, you're going to get another center back, and it's Alexander Milosevic of AIK in the Swedish Allsvenskan Liga. I don't know if there's any actual truth to this. Truth to this, he's available on a free. Obviously, their season ended a couple months ago, and their uh, cup competition starts up in, I think, end of this month, or early February, somewhere in there. So they're obviously in the offseason right now. Uh, I did make an inquiry to my to my friend in Sweden, and he is an IFK Gothenburg fan, so he is not particularly inclined to praise an AIK player. But he thinks he can still do a job, and that he's very feisty was the was the word he used.
1: I think he's probably bringing brought as his cover. I mean, we haven't got much behind Hector and Lee's uh, Thornley, obviously, and and Poodle, uh, uh, are decent players, but if he can add uh, more competition for those places, uh, maybe a long-term replacement for Hector if he's that good. Um, I think it makes sense if he's not costing a lot of money.
0: Yes, he is at the... since If he is available on a free transfer, which I am led to believe, that's the exact right price for... Uh, for Wednesday at this point in time. You know, he's been <laughs> yeah. capped internationally with Sweden. Uh, you know, he played for Besiktas a few years ago. He's only 26, so...
1: You know, it, my it my a, only concern is why is he a free agent? That's what I mean. It's uh, a free agent in Sweden and and is anyone else interested in him or is it just us? I
0: think it's just us.
1: Yeah, that worries uh, me a little bit.
0: You know, he played for Legacy Yoss, Legacy Yoss
2: recruiting or is this uh I don't know that I, I know.
0: that I that I can't speak to. Uh, but you know, he went out on so I'm just looking at his Wikipedia page. Uh, you know, he came up with AIK as a uh as a teenager. Got to move to uh, Besiktas when he was 23. Didn't really play there. Went out on loan to Hanover, a couple other places, and then they eventually uh, terminated his contract end of last year. And Aik brought him back for a year, but he did play pretty much. You know, he was a regular starting center back for them this year. So maybe he's a little bit of clever scouting. You know, he's a six foot four. 26-year-old Swedish center back. That's all the information I have about him. It's not exactly exciting, is it? It's not super exciting, no. It's not, uh... I don't know. It's not even Ben Marshall. <laughs> God.
1: Hey, he's after a pacey winger That fits right <laughs> into our uh, requirements, as usual.
0: Speaking of pacey oh. wingers, we'll head to dispatches from American Soccer. Uh, and American wunderkind Christian Pulisic is on the move from Borussia Dortmund to Chelsea for 73 million bucks, though only enough to, uh, only on paper as he's been loaned back to Dortmund for the rest of the season. Anyone have strong takes on this? Well, I'm gonna I leave do actually. All yeah, right,
2: Mike. I, yeah, I I do. I, well, so my son is crazy about Chelsea for the last four years, and um, oh, you're you know, raising it's, it's child poorly.
0: Are, I'm Sorry. Because you're raising your child poorly if he's a Chelsea fan. <laughs> you know,
2: I hate to say the first television he ever watched, let alone sports he ever watched, was the uh, the Chelsea Bayern Champions League final. So okay, I, yeah, I know it sucks, but it happened. Um, talk about parental control. There you go. No. <laughs> Um, I've actually seen I, I've seen kids at his school wearing the Pulisic jerseys for yeah. uh, for, for Dortmund it, that's that's cool they know who he is and um, I I you know I, I think it, it's a, it could be exciting um, I wish him well I hope he doesn't flop um, I, I'm worried that that's maybe a big spotlight and there's a whole lot of other people there um, and a club that's very volatile about whether alone situation a lot of talent around so um, we'll see how it goes but um, whether or not he's a replacement for william or pedro um who knows and chelsea's got to figure out what they're doing with uh, some of those other uh big players get this, this transfer window
0: yeah i mean he's been unlucky too obviously with the emergence of Jaden sancho there who's sort of you know the english Wonderkind has sort of taken the spotlight and the spot really for him but you know he hasn't i like pulisic i think he's a nice player i think this is a weird fit for him um, again, with Chelsea, you never know like how long is Sari actually even going to be there. You know how long is any Chelsea manager ever going to be there? As you said, there's always, you know, does he get there? Does he not get consistent playing time? Does he end up having to, you know, stay and fight for a spot? Does he end up on loan at like West Ham? You know, this can go in a lot of, uh, yep, in a lot of different directions.
2: And then there's the cynic in me that got the email this afternoon from World Soccer Shop, you know, ready <laughs> for my, my heads up on when the Pulisic jerseys will be ready. So, yeah. um, if Chelsea's trying to be strategic and go for an American market, then, you
0: know, sure. go for it. Uh, you, know, um, you know, every Premier League team is, you know, trying to expand in the U.S. Chelsea, as no. one of the big five, has a sort of already established foothold, but, you know, every little bit. Helps, and who knows, Mikey might end up one of the top American scorers in Premier League history. It could happen. It could.
2: And uh, based on what we're going to talk about <laughs> next, it, it won't take that long.
0: <laughs> I was wondering, <laughs> so you have a little quiz for, for Patty and I.
2: Well, I uh, I do well. We can all do it together. Yeah. Um, I lost my link, though. Do one of you have it up?
1: Yeah, I got it. So right. it's on BBC, right? And uh, yep. so... so Essentially, uh, they're doing a think, focus on American uh, goal scorers. So, I mean, First of all, if I go into it, I think Pulisic is a massive deal, not just for Chelsea, but to have an American as one of the most like, valuable players in the Premier League, that hasn't happened for a, a very long time. And Dempsey is probably the one that comes to mind for most people as the most successful American. Uh, and you mentioned rightly that, that, that the kids are all having the, uh, the jerseys with Pulisic in the back now. It's a big deal for American soccer to have uh, a, a big star, uh, a proper like, main headlining star uh, playing for Chelsea. So I hope he does well. He surely won't write in the reserves for that amount of money. They clearly see him as someone for the future, so uh, I hope he does really well. Uh, if he could uh, uh, top Clint Dempsey's uh, goal-scoring feats, then I'll, clearly he'll be the best American ever Are we, are ever we starting
0: quiz, the quiz? Is that what's happening?
1: But let's start it. So, the, okay. the, um, the quiz on BBC is, can you name the top eight American Premier League goalscorers? Uh, and there is hints. Yeah. So, I mean, I go do you want to go, go first? I've already made, made, alluded to the top one, yeah, uh, Jeff. So.
0: Yeah, no, I, I was going to guess Clint Dempsey. There will be. There might be some typing and mouse-clicking during this segment, James Marriott, just so you're aware. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so Clint Dempsey,
1: obviously, is number Dempsey's one. got 57 goals for Fulham and Tottenham. So, he was the top scorer, top American goalscorer uh, right now. So, if... Uh, Pusic is looking at something to beat for American legacy. Dempsey's the main guy. 57 goals in total. Yeah. The guy guess, below that...
0: guessing that's uh, 36 goals for Fulham and Everton. That's got to be uh, Donovan, doesn't it? Do you play for Everton?
1: He's not. It's not. I mean, Donovan's not on so, the list, which yeah. surprised me. I,
2: I was... I went there too, and just a quick fun fact. Landon Donovan played all of 17 games for Everton.
1: And how many goals
0: did he score?
2: This can't be right. It says two.
0: (laughs) I mean, (laughs) given that eighth on this list is three goals, I would suggest that that might be correct.
1: (laughs) So one of the best American players uh, of our generation is not on this list.
2: So I imagine the number nine is uh, 13 players tied at two. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. All I right, 36 I, I goals know, for know, Fulham and Everton. I know who this is, but I'm, I'm gonna let you have one more guess. 36 goals for Fulham and Everton. Uh, Fulham and Everton. I mean, Fulham had loads of American players. Yeah, that's yeah. right, Do you want me to play I'm Misery? Yeah, yeah, fine. It, oh, wait, wait. It's, um, uh,
2: um, Brian. Brian.
1: No. <laughs> singer name. It's
2: got the singer name. The singer McBride. Name. McBride. My, McBride. There
1: you go. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the next one was I was really proud of my next the next answer. So thirteen goals for Black. This is so good. You could get black quite a big drop. Five, five. Yeah, yeah. Drops off goals quickly. I know this. Do you guys know it?
0: Well, it's got to be it's like not... a. It's got to be like a ninety-four I... World Cup guy, right? So... Yeah. No
1: idea. Uh, who would have played? He's a classic 90s uh, footballer. Yeah,
0: it's got a... Oh, what's his name? Yeah, I it's not coming to me, unfortunately.
1: That... Do you know this, um, uh, Mike?
2: Uh, I saw this earlier today, so yeah, now this has gone back to me.
1: Roy Wegley. Oh, oh, Jesus. Yep. Legend. <laughs> the the other, one, other one I got, by the way, so I'm running out of time on my quiz. The other, yeah. other one I got <laughs> was uh, Claudia Rainer. Uh and he uh, scored seven goals Sunderland London Man City. So there's two two more players between Roy Wegerle and Claudio Reyna, who's got eight goals, um, one for Fulham and one for Everton. And I have no idea.
0: <laughs> well, okay, if I hit show, sure, oh, so okay, I hit show answers. Yeah. Uh, uh, Just, yeah, Car- yeah. Carlos Bocanegra <laughs> and Joe Max Moore.
2: And go ahead if, you, if you're playing along at home. Go ahead and push pause on your uh,
0: yeah
1: <laughs> device. Yeah, no one's playing along <laughs> at home. Like. God, there's another... So, yeah, I would not, I would not have not guessed the other four uh, in a million years.
0: Precky with but, four goals for Everton and Demarcus Beasley with three goals for Manchester City. I'm shocked that Josie is not on here.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how, how many goals has this guy for Sunderland? Maybe one, two?
0: Well, I figure one of seven goals for Sunderland and Man City. I'm like, Josie Altidore didn't play for Man City, did he? I'm like did he like, come through and like, like, get like... I don't know.
2: No, yeah, my, my I was throwing this with my son, and he was convinced he was misspelling Donovan. Uh, and I was like, "No, so, uh, just didn't show up." For the record, <laughs> so, Josie
0: Altidore, forty-two Premier League appearances for Sunderland, one goal. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely
1: useless. I can't sound like that.
0: Three and fifty-two in all competitions.
1: Uh, That's amazing. All right. I, thought, um, I guess
0: Harks was technically there, you know, before the Premier League. So he, uh... Well, I'm
1: I'm
2: I'm wondering if he scored you know goals for Wednesday in, in non Premier League games.
0: He's um, got so, yeah. He only has two Premier League goals. Um, okay. In that ninety two ninety three. So he's number nine on the list. There we go. Yeah. Because he had five in the. Uh, he had two in the second division or in the promotion season. Three in the first division after promotion. In the old first division, and then five with uh, Derby in the new first division, which would be the present-day championship. But only oh, right. uh, so never, two actual Premier League goals. goals, yeah. Okay. okay. So, so Mr. Pulisic, welcome yeah. to the
2: list. We will <laughs> see you on this list. We'll see you on this list very soon.
1: Probably end of 2019. Yeah, you could be as famous as Joe Max Moore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Or as famous as Luton Town, who Wednesday welcome to Hillsborough in the third round of the FA Cup, and a 7:30 a.m. kickoff, bright and early on ESPN Plus. We do let's take like old school, Patty. That used to be the only games we could get together and see.
1: We will not be yeah, getting together and seeing this <laughs> we're really spoiled now are we i mean 7 30 are like oh let's just all club together and get down there and watch it 7 30 have a beer and stuff now it's like nah not happening we can get to see him every single week so uh for me i'm gonna watch this in bed with the cup of tea um unless i wake up on english time at four in the morning like i've done the past two days uh in which case i might drive down and, and uh, keep jack company at football factory um but the good news is that for most um football fans, is that every single FA Cup game is on ESPN Plus this weekend. So it's going to be a really good weekend if you just like watching FA Cup football. Um, so if you haven't got a subscription, get the free trial and uh, try, try it out. For us, specifically, um, I think it's a, it's a tough game. And it was certainly one I wasn't uh, looking forward to a few weeks ago, because uh, Luton is second in League One and uh, looking like nailed on bets to go up the championship next year which would be a fantastic achievement for them they're a small club uh, small ground old old school ground you have to get to the uh, stand through like uh, terraced housing uh it's, it's a really knackered old stadium but it's got a lot of history um other than the airport there's not much going on in luton so uh, there's, there's a small bunch of uh, passionate fans there and i'm, I'm sure a you'll come up for the for the trip too
0: my and, question to you guys is: So I on. and the largest one-day carnival in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that Apparently happens so. there,
1: <laughs> just off the top of your head, though, Jeff. Yeah, you know yeah.
0: That? I did. I did some research. I know James <laughs> is still and still legitimately on England time for
1: a few more days. So, so my question was for you guys: Is who should we play? Do we stick with the winning team, or do we bring back the kids?
2: I'm I'm in no hurry to make this a priority for the season,
0: so. Um, yeah, the they're also coming off mind, four games I, in 12 days, too. Yeah,
2: I, I would like to see Sam Wenell maybe get a few some some time just because he's one that I don't think we've quite seen enough of. Other than that, um, yeah, let's let's make it rushed.
0: I unsurprisingly have two words. They both end in V. It's Preslov Barakov. <laughs> get him in the squad um i mean i i think you can now that we've actually brought them some of the senior players back into the fold you can just rotate the squad more or less normally um i assume he'll change up the back four you know get penny back in maybe thornley as well um baker at right back and you can play a fairly strong squad at this point while still rotating but i would like to see a few of the kids yeah you know maybe get another look at look at fraser preston you know, Borikoff, like I said, um, you know, they have some, they have some options. You know, maybe you put Wildsmith between the sticks. Uh, you know, I think they can, again, I, I agree with Mike. I don't think it should be a priority, but I, you know, I think they can put together a, a very competent team that will potentially push them on to the next round. And, you know, there's always a potential uh, glory tie lurking. So I think that's at least in an otherwise probably lost season worth uh, hunting around for.
1: I think it's worthwhile mixing it up, but uh, I wouldn't go wholesale with the kids. Uh, I think there's uh, a lot to be said for keeping momentum going. So I'd happily uh, bring in Baker and... Is Penny fit? What happened to Matt Penny, by the way? Is That's injured? a very good question. It just seems to have dropped off the face of the earth.
0: Yeah, I mean, Even, even before...
1: It? Bowen
0: came in, like, towards the end of the, Joss's tenure. He wasn't really starting over Fox, so...
1: Yeah, I'd give a Penny a run-out if he's fit. Um, I w- maybe would, if Winold's fit, maybe give him a half. Um, I don't think we'll see Barakoff, although I, I think we... I'd like to see Barakoff. Um, and other than that, I would I would keep some of the, the uh, old guys that haven't had many chances yet. So maybe Boyd, Hutchinson, give them 70-60 minutes. Uh, just to keep them uh, uh, ticking over and uh, keeping the, the, some kind of semblance of a team there. So I don't. I, I do think uh, we'll win it. I think we'll win maybe like two nil, two one. I don't think it'll be uh, an easy game by, by any means, but uh, hopefully we progress to the next round.
2: Yeah, this is one of those games where it's you have the lower league, but the team that's flying high in the lower league wants to kind of you know, make a run at the, uh, the mid tier mid mid table team from the above them. And I think that makes me a little bit nervous, but yeah, I could probably see it going one nil in our favor.
0: Hey, do we have any meetups for this thrilling FA cup third round match?
1: Uh, amazingly. Yes, we do. So, um, as this an ESPN plus, uh, Jack will be showing you at the full factor, regardless if I turn up or not. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll make, a will make a, a bet. If people get in touch with me over the next few days and they say they're going to go to the, to the, bar to watch Luton Town in the third round of their pick up. I will make every effort I can to go and join you there. Uh, but as it stands... He's not um, promising
0: he'll actually show up. He's just saying he'll make every effort. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. If one person gets a hold of me, so they're going to come down, I'll make every effort to go down there. If two people get a hold of me, so they're going to come down, I will definitely show up. Um, but yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Uh, but it will be on the Football Factory in New York, so if you're in town on holiday, or if you uh, live in the area and you fancy getting up for a beer at 7.30 in the morning it will be a Football Factory uh, New Orleans uh, are much braver than we are, they are going down to Finn McCool's and that is a 6.30 a.m. kickoff in New Orleans Central Time so they'll just be going out the bar from the night before straight into Finn McCool's, um, so go down to New Orleans and uh, join the group there It's been episode 52 of the Owls
0: AmeriCast, Sheffield wins the opinion with an American accent you can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter at Owls Americas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesdayites, Reverend and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbeam, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls America's, we ask you rate and review the show that helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. Speaking of ramblings, you can leave the show a voicemail on our Dazed and Mumbled line at 1-401-307-1867. International rates do apply, but you can dial it for free using Google Voice. Mike is on Twitter, at Mike LaRue and at Cascadia Owls. Mike, what's your Sheffield Wednesday New Year's resolution?
2: Well, now the team's turned
0: around. You're turning
2: things around, uh, we will have meetups in other parts of the Pacific Northwest besides Portland. So uh, Idaho, Washington, British Columbia, Alaska, get in touch with Cascadia Owls on Twitter or Facebook. We want to have a meetup.
1: Do you think, Alaska, Alaska. Do you think Alaska, Alaska Owls is a good place to start <laughs> January, Mike? <laughs> yes. 4.30 a.m. I, I feel like
0: there's maybe a late-night drinking know. culture there in the winter. So Yeah,
1: there
0: you go. They don't even. There you go. Patty's on Twitter at Patty A Jones and at New York Owls. Patty, what is your Sheffield Wednesday-related New Year's resolution for 2019?
1: Uh, I kind of alluded to it earlier. I'm going to lay off Morgan Fox until the end of the season. Uh, I'm going to give him a second chance. So, uh, Morgan, don't let me down. I'm
2: on Twitter. They mark that at- for the recording for about <laughs> three weeks from now.
0: <laughs> That's going to be a poll. Don't worry about it. I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. I'll be back here next week continuing to work Preslov Borakov into every segment I can.